0: Welcome back to Set Free 24-7. I'm Robert, and thanks for joining in on another episode of Journey Through the Message. Today's episode is called Adventures with a Talking Donkey and promises an exhilarating ride as we explore four different passages today, Matthew 24, Romans 6, Psalm 56, and Numbers 21 and 22. When we start out here in Matthew, Jesus unveils prophecy warning us of the signs of the times and the enduring message of hope. So get ready for a glimpse into the future. In Romans 6, this will take us into a little deeper dive into the profound message of grace and freedom. It's like a refreshing stream of living water for your soul. And then we're going to rewind back to Psalms and we're in Psalm chapter 56, where we find solace in the midst of adversity. David's poetic cries resonate with our own challenges, reminding us of trust's power. And then we're going to end today in Numbers 21 and 22. This presents us with the tales of Israel's journey in the wilderness and a unique encounter with a talking donkey it's an adventure you won't want to miss so fasten your seat belts as we journey through these passages uncovering personal victories struggles and inspiring stories that set us free Welcome to A Journey Through the Message. My name is Robert.
1: And my name is Heidi.
0: Well, happy day to you, my love. How are you?
1: I am doing
0: well. Thank you. How are you? I am great. It's so good to be sitting across from you and doing this again. This reading through the Bible thing is one of our favorite times that we get to just sit down, Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about what we're learning in the Word and sharpen each other really i i have learned so Mm -hmm. much from you over the last six eight months since we've been doing this and Mm. i hope that my perspective also adds a little bit to you and
1: i love our conversations as we read and i like that we don't discuss it ahead of time we have no idea what the other is gonna say we don't that's terrifying on my end i know
0: (laughs) We just roll with it though and like we see do. see where the ball goes.
1: We do, because um theology yeah. is literally just talks about God. And that's what this is we get wrapped up, I think, in thinking that means something lofty and scholarly. And
0: I mean, to be a Christian, do I have to know how, like, what the word ecumenical means?
1: Um, and exegesis. Oh,
0: I gotta know that one too.
1: Yeah, I'm taking Oof. those classes right now. Man, oh, Mister,
0: this seems like no, a lot.
1: I'm gonna say no. You do. You do not. Mm. Um, the term "faith like a child" comes to mind. I can't remember mm. now. Levi, who is just over here. He's pretty profound at times. He Your uses grandson. some pretty big words, and I can guarantee you he's not walking around trying to teach me exegete, how to exegete the scripture and right. all of this other stuff. So. And while all those things have
0: their place. <laughs> yes,
1: they absolutely do. It's,
0: it's a thing of don't allow those things to take the place of you showing Jesus' love. That's exactly love,
1: right. I am taking this just out of my desire to have that good foundation because of what I'm planning to go into. Um, God doesn't require me to have the literal, this is exactly what this means, you know, all these terms and words and things like that. But I'm choosing to do this because I've stepped up and said that I want to be in ministry and that comes the type of ministry I'm doing there's a certain responsibility so I'm finding that I'm doing it for that reason I am not doing it because it's a requirement to get my ticket punched to get in heaven that's not why I'm doing it
0: no nope. and I know so, I know it
1: yeah I see it yeah. every day
0: the other thing I think mm-hmm. I would like before we get started and I bet, I was thinking about this yesterday you know how when somebody asks you Just in passing like how you doing Mm -hmm. you know what's going on like i have noticed and with myself too so i'm just as guilty of this but our immediate reaction to someone can be to let them know how busy we are yes Immediately we go with the I'm busy thing to try and put this wall, I feel like, up. Like, Mm,
1: listen, I'm
0: busy with my stuff. So I want you to know that my stuff is important because I'm busy.
1: Mm, And anything that
0: you might want to try and I want you to know, like, there's this wall of busyness here. So be careful on what you try and ask me. Oh, because I am so busy. I'm so, I don't know, quote unquote important, right? Oh, I'm so busy. like, And then people, I think, get into a, man, I don't even know if I, Rob and Heidi are so busy. Mm, I don't want to ask bother, them this. I don't want to bother them. Wanna bother I don't want to talk to them about this because they're busy. They mm-hmm. have other things and we're not we're not that busy
1: we're not too busy to make the time for what matters very true we often choose to be too busy to take the time (laughs) for what matters but we are not too busy to take the time that matters and there's a different there's there's a fine difference between the two so i'm going to ask you a question sure what does god say in the bible about rest
0: Oh, I know. What does if, he say? You have to prioritize it.
1: But what does he say?
0: You're supposed to take one day of rest.
1: When's the last time you've taken a day of rest?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I know those challenges are hard when they become personal. Yeah. I am going to say this right here and right now. Okay. I am going to take a look at my life and I am going to take a day of rest because it's commanded and it's given for a reason it's very important reason it's a day of refreshing and renewal where god can pour into us life in that spirit of i'm ready now to get back at it god didn't design us to go seven days And it's
0: it's crazy because I can sometimes justify certain things like, okay, well, I work for Crossroads five days a week.
1: You're doing good things. Right.
0: And that's five days a week. Mm -hmm. You know, I I do that. That's my Monday through Friday thing. Generally, you know, sometimes I'll have to do a weekend or whatever with them, whatever. Right. Uh, But so then, you know, I'm like, okay, well, there's Saturday and Sunday. I'm off work.
1: But you're but, not. But I'm not, because
0: <laughs> I have all sorts of other things that are going on, uh, either work wise, like all these little side things, whether it's right. podcast editing or uploading videos or or editing mm-hmm. this and that and whatever it is, but it's all it all falls under that blanket of work. Yes. But because it's not crossroads, it's very easy for me to
1: but it's slide not it work. in. It's
0: really not work, you know. So but it is yeah. uh taking me away from that. So I will join you on this and mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna challenge our listeners too. Right. Like are you completely separating yourself from the busyness mm. of your days uh to spend one day where you have reflection and
1: renewal renewal? I think a lot of people can be like, but I don't wanna just sit. That's not what I mean when I talk about a day of rest. What I'm going to do with my day of rest, I will spend that day doing things intentionally that fill me, Mm -hmm. that renew me, that fill me, that's not job-related, work-related, counseling-related, help-everybody-else-related, pour-into-other-people-related, because my well is... I can see the bottom, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to be very open. I can already see the bottom of my giving well, and it's not meant to look that way. Right. And it's because I haven't taken the time, I think, as God laid out for us to best take care of ourselves. And taking care of self mm-hmm. is showing respect to the God who created us mm. Amen. by following his orders. He yeah. told us how to take care of what he's given us, including ourselves. So I look forward to seeing you and me, but I'm going to say, especially you, because it lays on me to say Mm. that I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to stay on your case until you've implemented, truly implemented a day of rest.
0: It's been a bit of a flurry, I'm going to say this last week Mm -hmm. or so, trying to get some things buttoned up. And I know that I've spent more time than normal getting some things mm-hmm. done we finally got Heidi's website done this it's last week
1: beautiful. it's beautiful all I, the links
0: work everything all the pictures, you've done has been great.
1: amazing yeah. you are Thank so you. skilled it looks incredible it has exceeded any in all expectations I've shameless had shameless
0: plug here go to www.wellfed.love yes. yes please that's right wellfed.love check it out uh, just, yeah, see what you think while you're there. I mean, we we really built that to be a resource mm-hmm. and also a landing page for people that are looking for a group, that are looking for connection. Right. Uh, and so we hope that that uh, fills that need in, in that area. So let us know what you think of that website. Yes, We'd please. love your your input on that.
1: Yes, please. And please tell every tell Robert it looks amazing oh so he can I... take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> and take on that day of rest. Yeah. It's and been pray great for though. Robert because taking a day of rest is going to be difficult. Can I, can I be honest with you, love? Sure, yeah. Your addictive personality certainly shows in certain situations, mm. and I can see it.
0: <laughs> my, but, mom, my mom is listening somewhere, <laughs> shaking her head, saying, oh, you're starting to see that now.
1: <laughs> well, and I always have. Yeah. I've always yeah. recognized that it is there, and, and you're pouring into incredible things, into ministries, into God things, into kingdom things. And it is beautiful to see, but imagine what you will be capable of doing if you allow God to just fill you on that down day. You're going to do it. amazing things and come out stronger and ready to go because you get tired sometimes. And with, I do. Mm-hmm. And
0: I think that my direction gets cloudy when mm-hmm. I don't take enough time to really sit back and... And take a thirty thousand foot view of what I'm doing, right? And because uh, sometimes I can get so wrapped up in the weeds down on the two inch view, yes. You know, and you I went don't... to
1: an all you can eat salad bar, and those salads were so amazing. And all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh, oh, oh
0: <laughs> this is
1: only the beginning." Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just teasing no, you. No, I but, get it. Um, though,
0: and for our listeners too, think about: mm-hmm. Are you disconnecting? From your work-ish stuff, whether it's the place that you get paid from, maybe it's a hobby or something that you enjoy doing, right. uh, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. are you taking still your break from that to refill, refresh, and renew yes. your mind? Yes,
1: yes. That yeah, to it's me, a, that, just as
0: much of a challenge for me as I hope it is for other people that are listening right it,
1: now. It's going to be difficult to do because, in speaking for Robert and myself, there's a lot of things in our life right now that aren't buttoned up. So there's a whole bunch of these strings out there that have to get tucked in their designated mm. spots. Mm-hmm. It's difficult at times to allow yourself that day of rest free of guilt that you're Mm. taking a day of rest. But there's some dishes there and, oh, I should be throwing some laundry in and, oh, maybe I'll just mop the floor real quick and, oh, shoot, I got to make sure those blogs get out and, oh, I got to put some, I got to do some editing on Mm -hmm. Canva. I need to write this for that. I have a sermon to prepare for. yeah. And then guilt starts to creep in. Okay, how can I justify doing these things that are just enjoyable to me because i've got so much to do yeah take your day of rest in spite of it's going to be difficult it 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 is because i know how much i have to do but i'm getting like you i am in the weeds and then i'm i feel like i'm dabbling in all of it yeah and i'm losing my focus so, so. we'd love
0: to hear if you're like us if yes. you have a problem with that disconnecting <laughs> drop it down in the comments just say yep i've got a problem disconnecting as well. Mm-hmm. If if you're looking forward to that day of rest, or if you do a day of rest, what are some of your things that you do yes, on that I day? Yes, I want to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you refresh your soul? Yeah. So I'm going to start out here with a quick prayer, and Heidi's then going to jump into Matthew. So Father God, thank you for creating and building in that day of rest. Thank you for knowing what our minds need, knowing what our bodies need, knowing every detail of our human condition and knowing what we need to get closer to you. So thank mm-hmm. you for laying that path out very clear to us. It's, mm-hmm. it's written in black and white. I mean, Amen. there's no arguing Amen. with your wisdom in this area. So allow us the freedom inside of those moments To not be burdened by guilt or, man, I should be doing this or I could be doing that. or Just allow us to be inside of that moment, enjoying Mm. it, being refreshed and renewed in you. So, Father God, bless us today as we read, bless our listeners, and thank you so much for this opportunity. I ask this all in your holy name. I pray amen.
1: Amen. All right. You know what? What's that? There's a part of me that feels a sense of excitement at knowing there's going to be one day a week where I can step away and just breathe. Mm. It's like looking forward to a vacation in a way. Oh,
0: I can see that. You know what I mean? When your
1: mind knows, I know this is crazy and it's chaos. It's so difficult to be caught up in that when you never see an end, when Mm. every day of the week you know sunday through saturday week after week after week looks the same yeah but knowing once a week ah i get to just breathe and relax and enjoy if i want to go for a walk i walk if i want to read i can read if i want to sew i'm gonna sew whatever it might be if i want to just irritate my husband and chatter his ear off i just might do that too so
0: you've (laughs) never done that before though (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's going to be fun. It will be. All right.
0: All right. So we are starting out today in Matthew 24. Heidi's going to be reading verses 1 through 14.
1: Yeah. Here's some stuff to think about on that day off you're going to be taking. Gives you something to think about. All right. Jesus then left the temple. As he walked away, his disciples pointed out how very impressive the temple architecture was. Jesus said, You're not impressed by all this sheer size, are you? The truth of the matter is that there's not a stone in that building that is not going to end up in a pile of rubble. Later, as he was sitting on Mount Olives, his disciples approached and asked him, Tell us, when are these things going to happen? What will be the sign of your coming, that the time's up? Jesus said, Watch out for doomsday deceivers. Many leaders are going to show up with forged identities, claiming, I am Christ, the Messiah. They will deceive a lot of people. When reports come in of wars and rumored wars, keep your head and don't panic. This is routine history. This is no sign of the end. Nation will fight nation and ruler fight ruler over and over. Famines and earthquakes will occur in various places. This is nothing compared to what is coming. They are going to throw you to the wolves and kill you, everyone hating you because you carry my name. And then going from bad to worse, it will be dog eat dog, everyone at each other's throat, everyone hating each other. In the confusion, lying preachers will come forward and deceive a lot of people. For many others, the overwhelming spread of evil will do them in. Nothing left of their love, but a mound of ashes. Staying with it, that's what God requires. Stay with it to the end. You won't be sorry, and you'll be saved. All during this time, the good news, the message of the kingdom, will be preached all over the world, a witness staked out in every country, and then... The end will come.
0: There's a word that I was introduced to probably 20 or so years ago that I absolutely love, and it's called (laughs) stick-to-itiveness. That's right, and it may even be in in the dictionary. I don't know. I was
1: not expecting that (laughs) word.
0: (laughs) But it's stick itiveness And think about it. It's the ability to just stick to something, right? Like, just stick with it. Yes. and 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 that word <laughs> came to my mind as you were reading that yes. last part is like, just stick with it, you know? Like, yes, stay rooted in jesus and and, yeah, stick to itiveness
1: oh, uh, I've always said, when it comes to everything, if I just have the information, if I know, it makes it easier to get through it. We have that here. We already know who wins. We know the end result. We know the apt. we know that. Yeah. So that's where that simple faith comes in. Trust that. Trust that you are on the winning team. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You are on the winning team and keep going. And what better game to play than if you're the ultimate loser? If you're the ultimate loser here on earth, you're literally going to be walking into the kingdom of heaven. So is that truly a great loss or not? If that's the worst thing that can happen to me here on earth is my life is lost. It just means I get to go chat with Jesus and get all my questions answered. So,
0: And it's crazy to think about too, like the enemy, the devil, his whole thing, he knows he's lost. Yes. So how does he go about trying to win then knowing that he's lost? He tries to take away the freedom that we have, living the life that we could live with Jesus. He tries to deceive us into thinking we aren't you know, eligible maybe for grace or blessings. Maybe we're not good enough. Maybe we're not Christian enough. Maybe we Mm -hmm. don't look the right way. Maybe we don't sound the right way. He tries to discredit the freedom that we have that has been bought and paid for us. Yes. He does everything in his power to discredit, diminish and deceive us into thinking that we don't deserve that and that that life isn't for us so then we go around living these very small lives as christians Uh, that don't affect anybody else because we're we're just convinced that that's not for us like we may be convinced in our mind in our head like we're going to heaven right but we're not living in that fullness of what god Uh, has bought and paid for
1: thank you for saying that i I'm so surprised at myself and the way my viewpoint on life has changed so much. And especially when it you know, pertains to walking that, you know, Jesus walk. And even in that, in even there, I couldn't even make myself say Christian because of what people have done to that word. And I've even changed it in, I want to follow Jesus. I'm a Jesus follower. Because I at times feel like I need to put distance between myself, a Jesus follower, and so many Christians. And I think a Mm -hmm. lot of what you said, they're living these tiny lives. They're in this safe little bubble with all these other people in their little bubble sitting together in their big bubble church. And... While I understand the beautiful thing of generation after generation going to this same church. You've gone to that same church with generation after generation of the same families. What other families have come in? Do they all look like you? Is everybody white in your church? Are they?
0: Is everybody black in your church?
1: Is everybody Asian? Is everybody Hispanic? Is everybody... Sure. That's not what heaven looks like. And I understand in some neighborhoods it's just going to be the norm because that may be the population, but it shouldn't be your goal or your desire.
0: It was beautiful at the Christian leaders thing. And I think we mentioned this Mm -hmm. last week on the podcast, how diverse that crowd was at your graduation. And I heard someone say like, man, this is just such a representation of what heaven is going to look like. And it was true. I mean, there were black, white, Asian, Mexican. I mean, everybody was represented in that crowd. Yes. And it was just, it was beautiful to see. And everybody had this common thing of Jesus. It was beautiful. It was this common denominator that we were all tied with. So,
1: and everybody just loved each other. Nobody was seeing differences. We just saw what all made us the same. We're all children of God.
0: All right, now I'm going to be jumping up to Romans, and we're going to be finishing out chapter 6. I'll be reading Romans 6, verses 15 through 23. So since we're out from under the old tyranny, does that mean that we can live any old way that we want? Since we're free in the freedom of God, can we do anything that comes to mind? Hardly. You know well enough from your own experience that there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. Offer yourselves to sin, for instance, and it's your last free act. But offer yourselves to the ways of God, and the freedom never quits. All your lives you've let sin tell you what to do. But thank God you've started listening to a new master, one whose commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. I'm using this freedom language because it's easy to picture. You can readily recall, can't you, how at one time, the more you did just what you felt like doing, not caring about others, not caring about God, the worse your life became and the less freedom you had. And how much different is it now as you live in God's freedom, your lives healed and expansive in holiness? As long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But do you call that a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of now. Where did it get you? A dead end. But now that you've found you don't have to listen to sin to tell you what to do, and you've discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise! A whole, healed, put-together life right now, with more and more of life on the way, Work hard for sin your whole life, and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus, our Master.
1: Hmm. I love that.
0: Isn't that great? I love the freedom aspect of it, too, because just because something is legal to do doesn't Mm. mean that it's necessarily the right thing to do, especially when... It's sin, right? There's a lot of sin out there that's legal to do.
1: Oh, but this is a not so bad sin. This one's not so bad. I can do this one. Or it's all of those okay. sins that at are... At least I'm not doing this one.
0: I know there's a whole lot of sin that's socially acceptable. Mm-hmm.
1: I know. Thank goodness I'm not one of the LGBTQ group. I'm super happy over here. Just don't look at my taxes too closely. And I may have said a few things that weren't entirely true last week. And, and I
0: may have lusted after this person or that person. Yeah, but at least I'm not you exactly. know, sleeping with someone of the same. I at least i'm not shoving needles in my arm like i that know guy like those
1: people Ugh. are you kidding so i mean you, you know, know i'm not satisfied with anything i have and i really want to live in this other neighborhood it's a lot nicer and i'm very dissatisfied with where i'm at but thank goodness i'm not one of those people
0: So the freedom, Mm -hmm. right? Christ gives you freedom from all that. I love how he says in there, your wages, right, is going. This pension, the pension that that you are going to get, is death. It's not freedom. It's not life. It's not anything positive. It's death. So Mm -hmm. ask yourself, like. The things that you're doing right now, if those things produced wages and they were going into an account, mm-hmm. what would that account look like in 20 years? Right. What are you getting from that account? What are you, what are you going working to be, for? What are you working for? What are your goals? Mm-hmm. What are you pointed toward?
1: In our society, in America especially, we determine success to be... A sizable bank account in a beautiful home, nice cars to drive, going to the store and buying that stuff. In the big picture of humanity, you are working yourself to the bone to get those things that on the timeline of eternity, that means it never ends, maybe 20 30, 40 years Mm. that you've worked yourself to death to get those things. And guess what? You're not living in that house in heaven. You're not wearing those clothes. You don't have that stuff. You're not living in that right neighborhood. You're going to be in heaven. We can get a little skewed on what we see as this makes me look successful. Sure. So at your funeral... Make it, they sure loved people, and we were better for having known them instead of man, their house was incredible. Who's their mm. architect? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Build a house that matters, yeah. an eternal one.
0: So, to recap here from the New Testament, we have Matthew. Here's a couple questions to think about. What signs of the times do you see around you today? Mm. So think about all the things that are going on in the news and just all the things in the world. Uh, what signs of the times do you see around you today? And then how can you find hope and then share it with others mm-hmm. amidst all these challenges? So uh, it's all about looking for ways to not be so focused on those signs of the times, right? but to be more focused on the hope. So how mm-hmm. can you find hope inside of all of that? And then look for ways to share it with people. So how do you do that? And then in Romans, we have, what does freedom in Christ mean to you? And how can you live it out? So what does that freedom in Christ mean? Like, what does that allow you to do? Mm -hmm. What are you free to do now? Is the freedom in Christ restrictive to you? Does that maybe... Make you think like, oh, man, if I go this way, I'm not going to be allowed to do this, that, or the other. And why are you hanging on to those things? What's more important to you, the freedom in Christ or hanging on to a temporal Mm. thing? And what's one way that you can show gratitude for God's beautiful gift of grace? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. So think about that. What is one way that you can maybe show some gratitude for that beautiful gift?
1: By listening to him and taking a day mm. of rest? <laughs> Sorry, I'm excited about it. <laughs> so
0: And friends. We are jumping in the Wayback Machine right now, and Heidi's going to get ready. We are going to rewind back to Psalm chapter 56 today. Yes. And you're back to reading the Psalms. I'm going to hand that back over to you.
1: Thank you. You're so welcome. I enjoyed listening to you last week, though.
0: I'm going to probably inject a little every once in a while because I love reading through the Psalms as well, and there's some really heartfelt things in there. If you missed last week, it was called My Soul's Cry, Mm
1: -hmm. and it was
0: a powerful episode. Uh, Good. All four passages had to do with someone's soul crying out, and uh, Psalm 55 was beautiful. But today, we have Psalm 56, and Heidi's going to take it away.
1: Yes, and what you said, I love how our readings, they all tie into a theme. Isn't that great? I love it. Good job, Eugene Peterson. That's right. He did a great job. All right, here we go. Take my side, God. I'm getting kicked around, stomped on every day. Not a day goes by, but somebody beats me up. They make it their duty to beat me up. When I get really afraid, I come to you and trust. I'm proud to praise God. Fearless now, I trust in God. What can mere mortals do? They don't let up. They smear my reputation and huddle to plot my collapse. They gang up, sneak together through the alleys. They take me by surprise, wait their chance to get me. Pray them back in evil. Get angry, God, down with these people. You've kept track of my every toss and turn through the sleepless nights. Each tear entered in your ledger, each ache written in your book. If my enemies run away, turn tail when I yell at them, then I'll know that God is on my side. I'm proud to praise God, proud to praise God. Fearless now, I trust in God. What can mere mortals do to me? God, you did everything you promised, and I'm thanking you with all my heart. You pulled me from the brink of death, my feet from the cliff edge of doom. Now I stroll at leisure with God in the sunlit fields of life how beautiful
0: the thing i liked about that is he's in the middle of pouring his heart out mm-hmm. and talking about this intense situation mm-hmm. that he's in and he wants deliverance but he also wants you know god to act for him and how he wants to but then he goes into it's like he has so much faith that he's saying, This is what I know you can make this situation yes. end up like. Yes. I know I'm gonna be strolling around with you in these fields. I know that you can make my life look like that. Yeah. And, well, did and you we catch have to, what he said though? No, go ahead.
1: Now I stroll at leisure with God in the sunlit fields of life. Yes. It's happening in the middle of this. Yes. Those moments with God in that to David, and that's my take on it, and I didn't mean mm-hmm. to change. No, that. no,
0: you're so good, and but, that goes into recognizing our day of rest too, mm-hmm. because that's now. Yes,
1: now in the presence and in the midst of the mess, the chaos, it can be in the middle of ugliness, but that set aside time, that relationship with God. That word picture that he paints to me is just so beautiful because I've tried to explain to people that have expressed surprise at the chaos that is in my life, the things that are heavy mm. on my heart that sure. just tear my soul to pieces. And yet it's just all wrapped up in a joy because I belong to God. And I think. I'll probably read Psalm 56 at times with them and just say, this relationship with God, this is what it's like. None of this stuff was taken away from David, but he was able to say, now I stroll. He's able to separate himself and see the big picture. And I absolutely love that because it's difficult to express to some people who are really going through it that it's possible to be joyful Mm. they don't believe it and i'm working very hard to try and prove that yes you can doesn't mean everything's perfect but i promise you you can still be joyful Mm. amen yeah
0: amen and now, friends, we are going to end the day in numbers. Yes. Before we do that, though, I'm going to quick little shameless plug here. Oh. The Crossroads Run. Yay. That's right. Whether you're in Michigan or not, the Crossroads Run is happening on September 30th. We have an in person and a virtual event. This is going to be happening on September 30th. And it's our first annual event like this. We have a 2.5K walk, a 5K run. And a 10K run along with a relay if you wanted to throw a few friends together and get out there. If you are looking for a discount code for this run, I'm going to have one down in the comments. It is CPM. So CPM for Crossroads yes. Prison Ministries. 20 for a 20% discount.
1: 20 per
0: Absolutely. So get signed up. We have event uh, t-shirts. Mm-hmm. We have finisher medals. The event is going to be timed. And listen, if you're in another state and not able to come, but you are still interested in yes. this, I mean, you can literally do this from anywhere. We'll send you all your items, the medal, the t-shirt and all that stuff. And then your job is to just Find a place to either do that Mm 2.5K or a 5K walk somewhere and send in your results to us. We'll get it posted. And now what you've done is you have shown unity with the entire event, right? We got all these people that Mm -hmm. are going to be here in Michigan. And it's just a unifying event, and it also shows the students that we serve that there's people everywhere that are supporting them through their journey. So Crossroads Prison Ministries, the Crossroads Run coming up September 30th. If uh, you're looking for something fun to do on a Saturday morning, we would love to have you.
1: I love it. Let's show some love to those that are incarcerated by, you know, get your Feed on the streets, you know. Absolutely. Get out there and do it. And what about people that maybe are walkers or walkers leisurely are strollers? Absolutely what, welcome. What can they do?
0: There, this is not a competitive yes. event, even though we do have it timed. Right. I know a lot of people love having an official time. For sure. I love having that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is going to be something where we just encourage participation. Uh, it is a fundraiser for our ministry. Yes. And so if you're interested in finding out more details, I will have the link down in the comments, but it is runsignup.com and then forward slash crossroads run. That's runsignup.com forward slash crossroads run. And thanks for letting me do a little shameless plug Yay. there. For, Come <laughs> since up. I am the race exactly. director, I mean, I have to use whatever platform exactly. I have to get people to sign up. People so. could
1: rub elbows with us. That's
0: right. I will be there in full tutu.
1: Yeah, I, I will be there. I have no idea what I'm wearing yet. So.
0: All right, friends, so I'm going to be finishing up the day here in Numbers, and we'll be doing Numbers chapter 21 and 22. So let's see what's going on with this donkey situation (laughs) that's coming up here. So chapter 21, the Canaanite king of Arad ruling in the Negev heard that Israel was advancing up the road to Atharim. He attacked Israel and took prisoners of war. Israel vowed a vow to God. If you will give this people into our power, we'll destroy their towns and present the ruins to you as a holy destruction. God listened to Israel's prayer and gave them the Canaanites. They destroyed both them and their towns, a holy destruction. They named the place Horma, Holy Destruction. They set out from Mount Hor along the Red Sea Road, a detour around the land of Edom. The people became irritable and cross as they traveled. They spoke out against God and Moses. Why did you drag us out of Egypt to die in this God-forsaken country? No decent food, no water. We can't stomach this stuff any longer. So God sent poisonous snakes among the people. They bit them and many in Israel died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned when we spoke out against God and you. Pray to God. Ask him to take these snakes from us. Moses prayed for the people. God said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a flagpole. Whoever is bitten and looks at it will live. So Moses made a snake of fiery copper and put it on top of a flagpole. Anyone bitten by a snake who then looked at the copper snake lived. The people of Israel set out and camped at Oboth. They left Oboth and camped at Ai-Abarim in the wilderness that faces Moab on the east. They went from there and pitched camp in the Zered Valley. Their next camp was alongside the Arnon River, which marks the border between the Amorite country and Moab. The Book of the Wars of God refers to this place. Waheb and Sufa, the canyons of Arnon, along the canyon ravines that lead to the village of Ar and lean hard against the border of Moab. They went on to Beer, the well, where God said to Moses, Gather the people, I'll give them water. And that's where Israel sang this song Erupt, well, sing the song of the well, the well sunk by princes dug out by the people's leaders, digging with their scepters and staffs. From the wilderness, their route went from Matanah to Nahaliel to Bamoth, the heights, to the valley that opens into the fields of Moab, where Pisgah, the summit, rises and overlooks Jeshamon, which is the wasteland. Israel sent emissaries to Sihon, king of the Amorites, saying, Let us cross your land. We won't trespass into your fields or drink the water in your vineyards. We will keep to the main road, the king's road, until we're through your land. But Sihon wouldn't let Israel go through. Instead, he got his army together and marched into the wilderness to fight Israel. At Jahaz, he attacked Israel. But Israel fought hard and beat him soundly, and took possession of the land from Arnon all the way to Jabbok, right up to the Ammonite border. They stopped there because the Ammonite border was fortified. Israel took and occupied all the Amorite cities, including Heshbon and all of its surrounding villages. Heshbon was the capital city of Sihon, king of the Amorites, He had attacked the former king of Moab and had captured all of his land as far north as the river Arnon. That is why the folk singers sing, Come to the Heshbon and rebuild the city. Restore Sihon's town. Fire once poured out of Heshbon. Flames from the city of Sihon. Burning up Ar of Moab. The natives of Arnon's heights doom Moab. The people of Chemosh, done for. Sons turned out as fugitives, daughters abandoned as captives, to the king of the Amorites, to Sion. Oh, but we finished them off. Nothing left of Heshbon as far as Debon, devastation as far as Nophah, scorched earth all the way to Mediba. Israel moved in and lived in the Amorite country. Moses sent men to scout Jazer. They captured its villages and drove away the Amorites who lived there. Then they turned north on the road to Bashan. Og, king of Bashan, marched out with his entire army to meet Moses in battle at Edri. God said to Moses, don't be afraid of him. I'm making a present of him to you him and all of his people and his land. Treat him the same as Sihon, king of the Amorites, who ruled in Heshbon. So they attacked him, his sons, and all of the people. There was not a single survivor. Israel took the land. And that's the end of chapter 21. There was a quick uh, pause here that says judgment is never the last word. God brought judgment on the people because of their grumbling, but judgment was not the last word. It's never the last word. Judgment is necessary because of our hard-heartedness. Its proper work is to open our hearts, to crack the shell of our self-sufficiency so that we can experience the inrushing grace of our loving and compassionate God. It's true, as the Apostle Paul wrote, that the kindness of God leads us to repentance. But so does the judgment of God. Both are the means to the same end, to bring us to God, the source of our forgiveness, our healing, and our wholeness. Any thoughts on chapter 21?
1: It makes me so thankful for our good and loving God who willingly offered his son to us. So things like this don't happen. It's it's hard to read. There was not a single mm. survival survivor and people were slaughtered. They were commanded to everybody. And that's hard for me to read. Those are hard words because I'm a people person. It's like, why do we have to kill everybody? Why everybody? And um, there's a reason for it in this context, cultures, time, you have to remember that Jesus had not come and everything was symbolic. And allowing, you know, like the little grain of yeast in the house that had to be wiped clean, it's an example of one little spot of sin or a life contrary to God can infect Mm. an entire people. But it can be a difficult thing to wrap your head around this when you talk about a God of love and grace and mercy because it doesn't feel that way sometimes. I want to gently challenge you, though, don't get stuck in those spots. I, Mm. I tend to sometimes, and you've heard that. I have to step back and open my eyes and look at it big picture in big context and really understand the reason and what it means. God was fulfilling promises. I took you out of Egypt for a reason. I'm going Mm -hmm. to give you the land. You didn't trust me. And I'm still going to be good to you, even though you didn't trust me and you complained and grumbled. So those are my takeaways.
0: I found it funny how right in the first couple verses there, you know, uh, they attacked Israel. They took prisoners of war. Uh, and then Israel vows to God, if you give this people to our power, we'll destroy their towns and we'll present them. So they're asking for deliverance. Mm-hmm. God delivers them. Yes. And then literally like two verses later, they're like, ah, why did you drag us Complain out here? Again. We're, yeah, We're miserable. Why did you do this? And then the fun little thing that I found was yes. the symbol... Of the snake around the pole is something that still gets used today in medicine in the medicine it's
1: a caduceus
0: yeah yes so i didn't know the exact term of it i just yes. know there are medical things that use yes. that and uh mm-hmm. so yeah it's just kind of a cool nod to, i
1: love that i was yeah. thinking the same thing when <laughs> i read it i love that you brought that up i always wanted to get a tattoo of one because i worked hmm. in the medical field for sure and because yeah it's a sign it's it's a sign of healing yeah yeah.
0: All right, friends. It is time to sit down. Oh, that's right.
1: A day of rest.
0: Well, no. <laughs> this is. I mean, this is a topic that deserves <laughs> your full attention. We're talking about talking donkeys.
1: So I love I donkeys. Know.
0: Donkeys are great. I love them. We uh, we recently saw a little donkey out.
1: <laughs> I know Robert won't give me a donkey. Well.
0: <laughs> Soon enough. I mean, and it's, I it's on the list. I also want some
1: little goats yeah. and a cute furry <laughs> Highlands cow and maybe some tiny pigs. So
0: so uh, if you have a hobby farm and you need somebody to come work on it for a little while, uh, Heidi would love to volunteer for that.
1: Yes. Yes. But they have to live there forever because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want him to be named pork chap or Bacon or yeah. anything like that. No. All right. Live let's, forever. Let's <laughs> talk
0: about some talking donkeys let's here. Do it. Chapter 22. The people of Israel marched on and camped on the plains of Moab at Jordan-Jericho. Balak, son of Zippor, learned of all that Israel had done to the Amorites. The people of Moab were in a total panic because of Israel. There were so many of them, they were terrorized. Moab spoke to the leaders of Midian. Look, this mob is going to clean us out. A bunch of crows picking a carcass clean. Balak son of Zippor who was king of Moab at the time sent emissaries to get Balaam son of Beor who lived at Pathor in the banks of the Euphrates River his homeland. Balak's emissaries said look a people has come up out of Egypt and they are all over the place and they're pressing hard on me come and curse them for me they're too much for me maybe then I can beat them We'll attack and drive them out of the country. You have a reputation. Those you bless, stay blessed. And those you curse, stay cursed. The leaders of Moab and Midian were soon on their way, with the fee for the cursing tucked safely in their wallets. When they got to Balaam, they gave him Balak's message. Stay here for the night, Balaam said. In the morning, I'll deliver the answer that God gives me. The Moabite nobles stayed with him. And then God came to Balaam. He asked, So, who are these men here with you? Balaam answered, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent them here with a message. Look, the people that came up out of Egypt are all over the place. Come and curse them for me. Maybe then I'll be able to attack and drive them out of the country. God said to Balaam, Don't go with them, and don't curse the others. They are a blessed people. The next morning, Balaam got up and told Balak's nobles, Go back home. God refuses to give me permission to go with you. So the Moabite nobles left, came back to Balak, and said, Balaam wouldn't come with us. Balak said another group of nobles, higher ranking and more distinguished, They came to Balaam and said, Balak son of Zippor says, please don't refuse to come to me. I will honor and reward you lavishly. Anything that you tell me to do, I'll do. I'll pay anything. Only come and curse this people. Balaam answered Balak's servants, Even if Balak gave me his house stuffed with silver and gold, I wouldn't be able to defy the orders of my God to do anything, whether big or little. But come along and stay with me tonight as the others did, and I'll see what God will say to me this time. God came to Balaam that night and said, Since these men have come all this way to see you, go ahead and go with them. But make sure that you do absolutely nothing other than what I tell you. So Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went off with the nobleman from Moab. As he was going, though, God's anger flared. The angel of God stood in the road to block his way. Balaam was riding his donkey, accompanied by his two servants. When the donkey saw the angel blocking the road and brandishing his sword, She veered off the road into the ditch. Balaam beat the donkey and got her back on the road. But as they were going through a vineyard, with a fence on either side, the donkey again saw God's angel blocking the way and veered into the fence, crushing Balaam's foot against the fence. Balaam hit her again. God's angel blocked the way yet again, a very narrow passage this time. There was no getting through on the right or left. Seeing the angel, Balaam's donkey sat down under him. <laughs> Balaam lost his temper. He beat the donkey with his stick. And then God gave speech to the donkey. She said to Balaam, What have I ever done to you that you have beat me with these three t- What have I ever done to you that you have beat me these three times? Balaam said, Because you've been playing games with me? If I had a sword, I would have killed you by now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your trusty donkey on whom you've ridden for years right up until now? Have I ever done anything like this to you before? Have I? He said, No. Then God helped Balaam see what was going on. He saw God's angel blocking the way brandishing a sword balaam fell to the ground his face in the dirt god's angel said to him why have you beaten your poor donkey these three times i have come here to block your way because you're getting way ahead of yourself the donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times if she hadn't i would have killed you by this time but not the donkey i would have let her off Balaam said to God's angel, I have sinned. I had no idea that you were standing in the road blocking my way. If you don't like what I'm doing, I will head back. But God's angel said to Balaam, go ahead and go with them. But only say what I tell you to say. Absolutely no other word. And so Balaam continued to go with Balak's nobles. When Balak heard that Balaam was coming, He went out to meet him in the Moabite town that was on the banks of Arnon, right on the boundary of his land. Balak said to Balaam, Didn't I send an urgent message for help? Why didn't you come when I called? Do you think I can't pay you enough? Balaam said to Balak, Well, I'm here now, but I can't tell you just anything. I can speak only the words that God gives me, no others. Balaam then accompanied Balak to Kiriath Huzoth. Wow, that was a good yeah, one.
1: Let's move there. <laughs> Ooh.
0: Balak slaughtered cattle and sheep for sacrifices and then presented them to Balaam and the nobles who were with him. At daybreak, Balak took Balaam up to Bamoth Baal, the heights of Baal, so that he could get a good view of some of the people. And we end there today oh. on a bit of a cliffhanger. Ah, oh,
1: those cliffhangers.
0: So I, as I was reading that, I was thinking...
1: Let's see if it's what I'm thinking.
0: So Balaam had a couple other nobles with him. Right. I mean, I'm sitting here... Like, they had to have been sitting here watching this guy have a conversation with his donkey and be like, I'm not quite sure what exactly is happening here. Uh, or
1: <laughs> did, I mean, did Balaam give any thought to the fact that he responded back to a talking donkey I I mean it just seems like the light bulb did not go on immediately he was that consumed of self and so angry he wasn't even recognizing initially that his donkey was talking to him yeah
0: yeah it's Ah. crazy so if you could talk to a donkey
1: I wish I could
0: what would be a question you would ask
1: of the donkey sure Would you like to come live with us?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor donkey. And the other question from that kind of passage would be, what can we learn about obedience from the Israelites journey through the wilderness? It... You know, as amazing as it may be for us to think, like, man, you ask for deliverance, God gives you deliverance, and then two verses later, you're complaining again about it, and then God puts you into hard times. And don't we do the same thing? It's don't it's we exactly do the same the same thing?
1: I think, though, I want to change just one word of what you said. God allows hard times. Hmm. God didn't. Bring that hard time, he didn't sure. lead you to. It's not what God wants for your no. life, but He will certainly allow things to happen. It's the hard times is that in. the
0: Israelites were experiencing were all due to mm. their hard-headedness and them saying, "I want to do it my way, mm-hmm. not your way." So
1: God said, okay. "We know better.
0: We can do it by ourselves. We can, and God will let them do that." Then that's. The beauty and the curse of free will.
1: Yes, that free will. We were so sure we need to have free will. And God's like, oh, how many times has he just shook his head and is like, when are they going to get it?
0: Yeah. Mm. I know it takes us a while. And it's a journey. And it's a journey that the Israelites were on, right? Yeah going through the desert learning how to trust this god that delivered them but then not having a physical thing to look at all these other uh religions all these other tribes they've got these Mm -hmm. statues and all this other stuff and god's like well i live in this tent yes that you're going to carry around the desert for a while Mm -hmm. and there's going to be some really you know but this is where I stay. But
1: Yes. Yeah. It's going to look very different because mm-hmm. you're set apart. Because you are different. I think that free will is a prison and a life lived in devotion to God is freedom. Mm.
0: It's amazing how that turns on that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The things that you think may be free really end up imprisoning you. Yes.
1: Yeah. My my mindset is rapidly changing every day and it just stems from this desire to have a closeness to God in my thoughts in my mind as i read have been um they've been very interesting as somebody who was brought up in the king james version of the bible mm, and drilled sure. in and taught and memorized you know verses It's very interesting to be in this position. I uh, remembered the other day when my sister-in-law first came into the family and she was introduced to God and she had this joy about being introduced to God. And I remembered saying, I sure wish I knew what it felt like to be a new Christian, to know that joy. I was blessed enough to be given the opportunity In my rebirth, on my baptism and what has happened since, I get to experience what it is like to truly be a Jesus follower Mm. and to truly love God in that relationship. And oh, my goodness, it was worth Mm. the wait. Amen.
0: It's always worth the wait. Mm -hmm. Friends, we have come to the end of this journey today. I know. Here we are already at the end. Thank you. From Heidi and I, we just want to thank you for choosing to take a sliver of your day and spend it with us. We hope that you've been blessed by this episode. Check out some of our other episodes. This is number 50. Man, what are we on right oh, now? Just is this like 59?
1: 56, so. I
0: think we're on episode like 59. So yeah. Wow. I know. So almost oh, 60 episodes in. Yes. We're charging right through the Bible here. I mean, we've already been through a couple books if you've been with us from episode number one thank you for your support
1: yes and
0: if this is your first episode with us thank you for choosing to be here and just check us out we appreciate mm-hmm. it and i hope that this has just been a blessing for you if it has blessed you feel free to share it with someone else that it may be a blessing to them mm-hmm. we try not to be preachy or anything like that we just want to be approachable We read the Bible in the message version because Mm -hmm. it's a little different. It's uh, A lot of people haven't heard it in that version, and it just brings a new light to some verses that some people have heard over and over again, and it's very conversational for those that haven't been a part of the Bible, haven't grown up in uh, maybe a faith community, and are just trying to understand, like, what does some of this text say? We always encourage people get a Bible of your own. Mm -hmm. If you don't have one, please drop it in the comments. I would be happy. I would be happy to send you a Bible. So if you don't have a Bible, drop it in the comments. We'll take care of that for you. If you do have a Bible, please take the time and just go through some of these passages Mm -hmm. and read in your favorite version, maybe how they sound and what they say. Right. And see like, what are some of the differences? Doing things like that encourage you to go a little bit deeper. The questions that I had, the something to think about, those will all be in the description of the podcast. Feel free to look at those throughout the week in your favorite version and just reflect on some of the things that we spoke on today and reflect on the greatness of a talking donkey. And friends, (laughs) that's the last I got for you today. Have a great day, a great week. It's been a blessing. And we look forward to seeing you next time on this journey through the message.